Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am with Roberta Nedla. Is that, did I say that right? Very close. Good job. Thank you, Vicki. <laughs> We were practicing when I was on her show, so I know we'll find out exactly where that name comes from in a moment as I give her bio, so let me tell you a little bit about her. Roberta hails from a Zulu tribe in South Africa whose foundation is Ubuntu, Ubuntu. Ubuntu which means humanity. I am because you are. Isn't that awesome? Throughout her corporate career, spanning over 15 years, she realized that technical skill can only take you so far. Many wonder why they are overlooked for promotions, though they are supposedly smarter than the other guy. I have that happen to me several times. Soft skills are beyond necessary. If you hope to maximize your career She worked with project teams that included civil and roads engineers, CAD technicians, transportation economists, and planners, environmental consultants, and urban planners. No leader can effectively lead such varied teams without collaboration and visionary skills, and barely anyone remembers the brilliant silence engineer. So very true. A decade teaching English in South Korea was a huge eye-opener to culturally diversity diversity in the workplace. And leaders no longer have the privilege to do business as usual. When you have great communication skills, your perceived leadership is higher. When your communication skills are lacking, your perceived leadership is lower. Roberta launched the Speaking and Communicating podcast to highlight the skills that professionals and entrepreneurs need to really thrive, showcasing their brilliance and getting credit for it. Today, I thought we just touch on that topic we just talked about a minute ago. Why are the smartest not getting promoted? Please welcome to me, Roberta Nedla. Thank you so much, Vicky. I'm really excited to be here today. Thanks for inviting me. It's it's so important that people understand this. And, and a lot of the things, as soon as I read in your bio that you worked with engineers, I thought, oh, 
this is why she does what she's doing. Because when I was, one of my careers was with uh, Arby's corporate office. And one of the career paths that I uh, was, or job responsibilities that I had was to do behavioral studies for our potential managers of the stores. And managers of the stores have to have customer service. They have to be able to talk and coach and counsel their teenagers to be able to get them motivated to do this job that sometimes could be very monotonous. And anytime I got a response uh, from the behavioral study that was engineer, I, I had to just say I don't think so because they wanted to just shut their office and just never come down out from nine to five. <laughs> and if there was a customer issue and they were dragged out of their office, it was never a good thing, <laughs> never a good result. And there was usually a call to some supervisor or district leader to fix the situation with the customers. Um, so communication is so very vital. And it's not that that what I've since found, it's not that you can't overcome that, but it is a behavioral change. And you have to have that mindset that you need to change or you never will. So let us, before we get into the, the, the deep, exciting stuff that I know you're gonna share today, I wanted to just have the folks know a little bit about what first you're not in South Africa right now. So where do you, where do you call home? And then I want to talk a little bit about your backstory, your journey that led you to where you are today. So where do you live now? I'm in Jonesboro, Georgia, which is not far from you. She's my neighbor. We are going to go do coffee. I swear to God. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And before this, as you mentioned, I was in South Korea for a decade. And obviously before that, I had a corporate career back in South Africa. And so, again, that journey, though, as you went from your corporate career and the discoveries that you had, all of those things, I think, probably were drivers to where you are today. What were some of the things that got you to the point that said, you know, corporate, I'm done with, and this is what I need to do, that this is, is really my passion now? Mm. It's funny, when I went to South Korea to teach, I said it's a full circle moment. When I was young, I had an aunt who was a teacher. She would bring this, you know how they you bring home the, the papers or the exercise books back then to grade them. Mm -hmm. And she was teaching third grade. And I wasn't the type, I never had a doll. I wasn't the type for toys. They used to bore me. If my mom bought magazines, I wanted to do the crossword puzzles at the end at, at the end of the magazine and all that. Right. I, I was very weird as a kid. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, compared to the typical one. And I remember I would help my aunt and she would check the books that I've graded again to make sure that it's right. And she'll say to my mom, she did everything happen perfectly. How did she do that? 
And I remember one time I was asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I wanted to be a teacher. They said, nope, that's the poorest profession. You will never use your brains on teaching. So that's why I never started teaching and I went the corporate route. But after 15 years of doing that with my country's changes and noticing these things you mentioned earlier, which we'll talk about, going to South Korea was me just really being happy when I say I'm going to work. I still talk to my students who were middle schoolers back then. They're now old enough to have Facebook accounts. I talk to them, teacher, I miss you. Teacher, I'm not doing this. I'm learning to be an English teacher at university. It's the best gift ever. You know, yes, I still have friends from my corporate career, but when I recount those experiences, they don't give me the kind of fulfillment that when mm-hmm. I talk about teaching does. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. <laughs> So many similarities. So when I was young, I I wanted to Mm. uh, be a teacher. Well, it's interesting. I went to a Catholic school, so (laughs) I I thought I might be a nun. And then I (laughs) decided I wanted to have kids and that doesn't work so well. So I decided, okay, I'll be a teacher. But I came from a large family and I couldn't afford to go to college. So I went the corporate route just like you because of that. But now full circle, I coach and teach kids public Mm. speaking and it is the most fulfilling thing I've done that for the last almost uh, 12 years now wow it it truly is it truly Mm -hmm. is there's something a little extra special is when you teach young people Mm -hmm. I mean even I'm sure even teachers who teach adults feel fulfilled but there's just that little extra when you impact young people's lives yeah yeah so you you really touched on in one of your questions or one of your um, pieces that I had in my background information on you, how crucial communication, and I, I chatted about that a little bit in the beginning, but I don't think people really understand that you know communication is not an option. <laughs> And so what have you found in terms of people being held back or missed opportunities because they lacked that communication? Mm -hmm. My country, you know, we had a colorful history of apartheid, which ended in 1994. My first Mm -hmm. corporate job was in 1995, a year later government is changing you have here's the problem with having freedom fighters now becoming government ministers they haven't had experience or training in this regard so they needed a lot of guidance and us consultants that's what we do but the thing is first of all navigating that dynamic and then secondly a lot of my generation started to enter corporate jobs that were not allowed people who looked like me before. Mm-hmm. So the what we found, the, the professionals who were already in that space, we're not sure how to, how to inc- now move differently now that they have this new group of professionals that mm-hmm. they haven't worked with before. Mm-hmm. Quick example, the province or state, you know, back home we call them provinces, the province I come from, we are not fluent in Afrikaans, the Dutch language. Yeah. I was then, tra- two years later, I was um, 
transferred to the head office in Pretoria, our capital city, mm. where majority of the population speaks Afrikaans. Oh. My first meeting ever, everybody is speaking Afrikaans amongst each other. I come from my province where I was like this. Does, does anybody realize that I'm here and I don't understand what any of you are saying? And when I get up off this chair, what am I going to do as part of this project? Because none of what you guys said, I understand. Oh, wow. You, you had to deal with that. And then the upside to being, you know, the first generation in those uh, careers was if we have a, a joint venture partnership with other companies and obviously now they needed to get diverse talent. Mm -hmm. When you go to these meetings, it's you, your boss, and maybe another colleague who was in the project so that whatever questions are asked, you guys can take turns explaining. Mm -hmm. The boss mostly does the explaining most of the time. But if you speak up, these companies are paying attention and they think, we want her. And we're going to offer her three times the package she's getting paid. And they call you in private to offer mm. you all these perks. If you don't say anything throughout the meeting, nobody remembers you. So nobody's going to offer you the three times package. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And they're going to take credit for your work if you don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to presenting, you know, we'd say, okay, we want to bid for this job. Let's go and present to this client, this minister, this department, and show them what we do to hopefully have them as a client. I always say, you know what? Any professional who doesn't have presentation skills, think about it, Vicky. What was their exposure to presentation? The university lecturer. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they know. And so horrible, present horrible presentations. <laughs> I'm not knocking any professors if they're listening, <laughs> but a professor's job is to just come and dump information that you must absorb for your tests and exams. But when you do presentations, it can't be information dumping. No. That's the difference. But that's yeah. all they've been exposed to until they enter the workforce, unfortunately. I find that, that that's one of the key things that when I work with the youth, middle school, high schoolers, that's one of the gifts that I'm giving them because I'm explaining to them something that they haven't seen. They're being taught things through stories and they remember them more. They're more impactful. And I'm teaching them how to, they can do the same thing that when they're answering a question, how they can make sure that that is just not a list of facts, but how do those facts impact you? How do you feel about those things? So that now the people in the class start to see themselves in the answer that you're giving. And that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the corporate world, even still some today, we are bulletproof or bullet pointed to death. <laughs> But. Exactly. Yes. And and you the work that you do is so important. And here's why. Because even if a school has a debate team, not everybody can participate. A debate yeah. team usually have about four or five students each side. Mm -hmm. 
what about the rest of the class? When will they have a turn to practice right. their debate skills, their communication skills, their rebuttal if Vicky says something that I'm opposed to and things like that? They don't get that chance. So what you are doing, you are giving them something that even when they go to university, that's hardly an opportunity that they're going to yeah. have. And and I, I think, too, whenever we look at people that are just coming into the office, especially in this post-pandemic, where the newest employees, the youngest ones, if you will, haven't, in a lot of cases, the value in the or, or the benefit, I guess, of having mentors old timers like me, <laughs> seasoned people to be their mentor because they were kind of weaned out to save money from that corporate budget. And so now who are these individuals calling on to help to guide them in the things that I would imagine you experienced as coming into a workplace where you were a new face and they had to figure out how to navigate all of that. But I think mm -hmm. it's really important. That's why I try to work with the the 20 and 30 year olds to say, okay, talk to us about how you're communicating and, and sharing your ideas and and really being, as you said, noticed in a way that is impactful. Right. As you were talking earlier about the example at the at the grocery store that mm -hmm. you deal with customers, you no longer do the cashier's job, the front desk, the returns. You are dealing with people. And people, we are, as humans, we are so dynamic and complicated and complex you have to learn the skill in order to deal with people mm -hmm. once you are a leader once you lead a team you're a supervisor you deal more with people because you you don't do much of the hands-on work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and th and that's really important as you're teaching leadership to folks is that as you're grooming someone to go into leadership those are the skills that you want to be able to teach them because too often we promote people because they're excellent at Excel or maybe in another process. And you didn't take the time to see how are they in those people skills? How are they in problem solving as a collaborative and not as a sole, okay, my idea or the highway kind of thing? And all of those will make or break you as a leader. Right. And the example of, of me going to the company where you've got urban planner in the team and all that, just having different professionals in the team, when you do your work, do you ring my extension and say, Roberta, I remember you were doing this part of the project. Are you? are you done yet? Because I needed to feed it into my summary or mm -hmm. those little things, even if you're not vying for a leadership position, but how do you even communicate with your colleagues, the yeah. ones to work on a team with? Mm -hmm. When you have a problem and I haven't sent you the stuff and it's due, <laughs> do you just 
you giving to me and slammed the phone? Oh, Roberta, you should have sent this to me half an hour ago. Is there a problem? Mm-hmm. And that really calls out the challenges that are not insurmountable, but they do take more work if you have remote teams, if you're mm-hmm. working hybridly, or if all of your team is in another location, in another country, different time zones, the effort for you to be a stronger communicator is even more so. Absolutely. And when they're in different parts of the world, most likely the cultures are different too. Yeah. How do they communicate when they are not happy with, when they're in doubt, for -hmm. instance, I was in the Far East. They are very quick to be shy. And if you are Westerner, because here it's about being outspoken and uh, you speak up, you might interpret that very differently. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, the saving face is a big one. Yes. You might interpret it as, I don't know, maybe they are being deceitful or they're hiding something or they're not cooperating or you know what I mean Mm -hmm. just because they tend to be more shy and withdrawn despite being brilliant Mm -hmm. and if you're a western boss it might send a different message to you so that's why it's very important to understand the literal cultures where your Mm -hmm. diverse team comes from so that goes to the other side of communication. We talked about the, the side where we do the talking. <laughs> but and it's important, though, to be that active listener, too, and to ask questions that allow that other person to thoughtfully answer and not just Kurt's short yes or no's. Mm-hmm. When I gave that example earlier of, Okay, why didn't you send this thing by such and such a time? We, I don't know if you've heard of the why questions are, are a little dangerous and they shut down the conversation and they make mm-hmm. the other person be more defensive. You know, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, my mom would say, if you broke a glass when I, while I'm gone, the minute I enter the house, just tell me that you broke a glass. Instead of me finding out and asking, why do I have nine glasses instead of, instead of 10? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because then you learn to take the initiative and say, Ma, I'm sorry when I was washing dishes, I broke one glass, right? Yeah. Because you know how when parents say, why do I have nine glasses in my cupboard? Versus, huh, what happened to the other glass? There were 10 before. Mm -hmm. If you're a kid and you hear the first question, how does that make you feel? It's killing your confidence and your your the trust piece too, you know, between mm. you and your parent or whomever. Mm. You grippled with fear. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the workplace as well, if your leader says, why did you not send this on time? You knew what the deadline was versus what happened? Cause usually you've sent things on time. What happened that led you to being late with this mm. report? And if everybody would just listen, how her tone changed too. And the, what we are hearing in tone is one thing which we definitely need to work on always. But when you're 
actually sending a text or a email or something that's written format, tone still comes through. And you should always take that into take that to heart. What is the tone that that message is giving? Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. That's why communication, they say only 7% is verbal. The tone and the body language, if yeah. it's, it's, it's in person, mm -hmm. much, much bigger. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So we often witness anger and conflict whenever there is not clear communication and that results in misunderstanding and all this. So how do you how do you help people to be able to avoid that lack of clear communication? Um, first of all, you know, we do these personality tests, <laughs> understanding yourself, the disc, for example, which we use mm -hmm. a lot lately, understand yourself, understand, is Vicky the person who likes details on how we're going to get there? Or she likes to know the end goal. She wants to figure out how, she, how she's going to mm. get there. And if I'm in your team and I like the opposite style, I'm more a, I want to know the end goal and you, you more the details. If we talk about the project and what we're going to do, what we've been mm. assigned to do. When you get frustrated because I'm taking so long to get to the point, it's because that part of your personality is kicking in. Mm. And I need to understand that. Sometimes conflict is caused by frustration, yeah. as you said, due to lack of clear communication. Sometimes, you know, with tech teams, a leader will not clearly specify why they should program a certain way. Yeah. And they just start and they, and they start doing the work. And the next thing, they go, why are you giving me this? This is not helping us get to where I want us to. But we didn't know. You didn't even tell us we were going that yeah. direction. The loss of money, loss of time, mm -hmm. anger, frustration from both parties. So clear communication would usually mean, first of all, as a leader, let people know what the end goal is. At least if they know what they're working towards. Mm -hmm. And trust that your team is smart enough. We live in the age of Google as well. Is smart enough to have innovative ideas on how we're going to get there. And let and, and be an open door in the sense that if they are not sure, they mustn't be afraid to ask you. Mm. You say, yeah, Vicky, is am I right in doing it this way? Because I was thinking if we do it this way, and you said this is where we're going, I was thinking if we do it this way, it's gonna alleviate this problem and it's gonna solve this particular mm. idea or whatever it is. So be an open door as best as you can. Try to understand where your team is coming from mm -hmm. instead of just giving instructions and leaving mm -hmm. and say, have it back to me by 10 o'clock. <laughs> you figure it out. I always love that. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. as best as you can. Because mm -hmm. as I said, if you just, if you are not clear, at the end of this road, there'll be a lot of frustration from both yeah. sides because they will also to. wonder, why didn't you explain it? I thought I was doing my best. Why didn't he explain to us the way mm. he should have? Yes. And and that is a two-way street. So when someone is explaining to you setting expectations, if you are unclear, 
it is not nice to, but it is almost required that you ask questions. You let people know, is this what you meant by that? Because it could save you hours mm. of time. You, I'm sure you've had part uh, times in your corporate career where had they told me exactly that, mm -hmm. you know, I thought I was doing the right thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was a project manager for 20 years and there were times where you got partway through a project and you realized that they had not set clear expectations. And whenever I became a project lead, that was one of the things I tried to always avoid was mm. that information gathering in the beginning so that we knew what was expected. And My previous mentor at that first job before I was transferred in my province, he used to say, if we in the planning stage can get it 90% right, yeah. the implementation is going to be a breeze. The 10% yeah. implement is going to be a breeze. If mm. in the planning stage, everybody is clear and we know exactly mm. what we're going to do, implementation is a breeze. We can do mm. it unconscious. That's exactly right. Mm. So time has flown by. I knew it would. We'll have to do another session for sure. But... Uh, what is next for you? I've been challenged to write a book from the lessons, not only that I've learned, <laughs> that I've learned on the podcast, but these same experiences that I've had that we, we mentioned yeah. in my bio. I'm coming up on the 200th episode of my podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Vicky. My coach has challenged me to correspond that with a list of the book so that's what i'm working on right now well perfect excellent for those of you that have been enjoying this conversation that we've been having and want to try to get in touch with roberta let me go ahead and share my screen you can get her contact information we if you're just listening we will read the information for her website if you are watching this, you can get a screenshot. As always, those that are just listening, you can find all this information in my show notes on my YouTube channel, Vicki Nettling, or my findyourleadershipconfidence.com website. So the website for Roberta is speaking-and-communicating-podcast.transistor.fm. So speaking and communicating podcast transistor and for facebook she's at eloquent speakers club that's a group that you can join and instagram she's at coach and speaker for linkedin just search roberta and her last name is spelled n-d-l-e-l-a again n-d-l-e-l-a and youtube if you just search for her name, you will find her podcast. And uh, why don't you give the name of your podcast too? That would be helpful. Right. I wish I knew how to change my YouTube URL because I change it and it looks like it accepts and then it goes back. Mm. My podcast is the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. Both yes. words are I-N-G. Speaking mm -hmm. and Communicating Podcast, even on YouTube, it is titled Speaking and Communicating Podcast. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. And I'll probably put the logo for your podcast on this slide as well. 
normally I put your book, but we'll have to wait till next year to do that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So talk to them about your call to action. So if anything that we've discussed with Vicky today resonates with you, you can go to Instagram. My handle is coach and speaker, as she has mentioned. Coach and speaker, all one word, all small letters, no spaces in between. Coach and speaker. If you DM Vicky on Instagram, you will get a free one-hour consultation with me where we can discuss what your biggest, almost urgent needs right now are with regards to your career, be it communication-related or leadership-related. Well, it has been wonderful for you to share all that greatness in a a free one-hour consultation. Again, if you, in the DM, direct message the word Vicky, V-I-C-K-I, on Instagram, and that's coach and speaker, as she said, all one word. You will get that free one hour, so you want to do that. She's fun to talk to for an hour. <laughs> oh, thank you, Vicky. You are fun to talk to as well. <laughs> all right. So as always, I thank you so much for being a great guest. I knew you would be wonderful to uh, spend some time with. And yes, we definitely have to get together in person here and do some things together. As always, I remind everyone that life is a journey. And it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.